Hello. Hello. Welcome to Just Another Murder Cast. Yeah. Yay, Yay, Jam. Jam. <laughs> okay. I didn't turn my music off. <laughs> Just keeping it playing the whole time. Yep. Okay. So welcome back. Um, we are getting fancy. Okay. We're fancy. We are fancy. So like we have to give, um, I always say this, I have the best daddy in the whole world, right? So we get a package. Um, when, when, when was it? Last week? Yeah. Last week while we were both on vacation. Right. And, um, it says two crazy girls on it. And I'm like, what the hell is that? It also had your maiden name. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. So we get home. I open it up and y'all my sweetest pie, my daddy, he sent us. All right. So we have our own microphones. Yes. With the little like circle thing that goes over it. The little like podcast recorder makes us look super official. Oh, I can't wait to sit, show y'all a picture. We have like this mixing board thing. We both have these fancy headphones. We have, um, what is it? I mean, there's cords and stuff. Every, like we're just, we're so set. many cords. Do you and like microphones on tripod, tripods, tripods, tripods. Y'all like my daddy's the best. So daddy, um, you're the best. I love you so much. I'm so sorry that I got angry with you because you were mean to me in our dream, my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but know that I love you. You're the best. We love you. Um, I literally woke up this morning and called Haley immediately. First thing, didn't even say hey to Jordan. Yeah. I just called you. So Beth like, had a dream that my parents um, were mean to her. They refused to let me talk on the phone to Finn. Mm-hmm. Because Very, you're a bad influence. Yes, they because I'm a bad influence. Very upsetting. And I, in real life, would have drove to their house and been like, <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> But then you didn't even back me up in my dream. You were like, yeah, I mean, I get it. Which, like, I get it, too. But <laughs> but still. That's so funny. Um, okay. So, next thing. Let's let's chit-chat because we're even fancier now. Are you ready? So official. We're so official. We made a Patreon. Patreon. So, if you go to um, www.patreon.com slash justanothermurdercast.com. You can um, see all the tiers and sign up, and there's going to be bonus episodes, and you can get stickers, t-shirts, mugs, merch, so many things. All the merch. Okay, so it's so exciting, um, and I just, like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. I haven't even, like, told my family yet that we have a Patreon, but, like, my daddy and mama and my brother all the people better sign up. Better sign up. Your dad's straight up going to be like, I just gave y'all a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And you want me to give you just more? Yes. Yes, dad. Yes, <laughs> yes we do. Thank you. Um, Beth, Woo. why did I scream? Okay, because we're still trying to get used to the microphones. So also on our Patreon, you can send us messages. And if mm-hmm. you send us a question or a comment really on Patreon, but if you send us a question, the next episode, We'll answer those questions. Mm-hmm. And you also get shout outs. Yep. You get shout outs. There's different tiers. Mm-hmm. And Jordan and I and Haley had a very fun time coming up with these tiers. They are not just like, hey, here's a dollar. I mean, like. Do you want to talk about the tiers real quick? Because actually we have to give the credit to Jordan. Yeah. Jordan did do a lot of the tiers. But yeah, let's pull up what the different tiers are. Who's got a phone? Um, I do. But my phone's dying. The first tier is friend zone. Oh, friend zone. Yes. So for a dollar a month, you can be friend zoned. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. And being friend zoned basically just means like we love you, but we're not in love with you. (laughs) So. But we love you enough to support you and we appreciate you. Yes. Um, So that's it. And then the second one is friends with benefits and it's $5 a month. Mm -hmm. And for that one, you get our love Mm -hmm. and a sticker. And a fuck it. 
Sorry. No, just a sticker. Just and it says, sticker. you're officially out of the friend zone. Time for you to get some. Here's your sticker. No need for a walk of shame. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Right? We're so classy. Our next one is Facebook official. Oh, shoot. Right? Oh, it is shoot. $10 a month. What? For $10 a month, you get a shout out at the episode mm-hmm. um, and a sticker. Sticker. And our love. And we can't believe we've gotten this far. It's time to let everyone know our love for each other. With a shout out at the end of the podcast, just to prove that we love you, we'll also send you a monthly bonus episode. Ooh. Okay, do we send it or do we post it? We post it on Patreon and then they'd be able to see it there. Awesome. So, and I think they also get an email that says, like, hey, your episode's here. We have our first bonus episode that's ready to be, well, almost ready to be recorded. Yep. So, what's the next tier? The <laughs> next tier is happily married. Oh, shit. It's $25 a month. Uh-huh. So, we've met the parents and everything. And all that's left is for us to shower you with gifts. Oh, let us give you some. Right? So, mm-hmm. for $25 a month, <laughs> you get a sticker, a you mug. Some. You get some. Mm-hmm. Not from us. You don't put out. Yeah. Um, but you get a sticker, a mug, a t-shirt, <laughs> and a poster. A poster. <laughs> a poster. <laughs> I really, I really want the mug. I am excited about the mug. Uh huh. I'm really, really excited. Um. Okay. So let's do shout outs really quick. Shout out. So we're gonna shout out people that did our review on Apple Podcasts because that's what reviews we can see. <laughs> because we're still not <laughs> sure what we're doing. It's fine. Um. We would first like to shout out. Um, Mrs. Kate Beaver. I'm pretty sure that's Katrina. Yeah. Um, love your comment. Thank you so much. Um, also Jordan. Jordan gave us a shout out at the beginning. Jordan is in her husband, Jordan. Yeah, as in this one over here. Mm-hmm. He gave us a shout out at the beginning of the podcast. It didn't post, but now it has. Love it. Um, okay. Let me see. CFD Medic. Which I'm pretty sure is Rory. Thank you. You're yes. amazing. Classic City Delta. I think think it's a girl that I went to school with. I don't want to like say her name just in case like she's like shut up. Shut up. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it so much. And Tabitha Orr. Love it. Critty girl. Critty girl. Now if like if you comment and let us know like if this is you. Um, We appreciate it so much. Um, The comments, the reviews, everything like that um, really is so important to us. So thank you. Yes. We're almost at 30. Last episode or two episodes ago, we said we were going to make it to 30. We made it to 29. <laughs> we're so fancy. We're climbing up that ladder, bitch. I, I did not even expect to get to 29. I was like, we're going to say 30 and like five, 10 episodes will be at 30. But we made it to 29. Listen, listen. Um, I feel like we're also whispering. So side note. We're at my house. My husband's out of town. Um, and my kids are asleep. So if you like, yeah. we're whispering for us whisper. But right. we also don't know how to handle the microphones. I'm so confused. Because I'm like, like I do I need to be it. here or here or here or here? Right. Like, where do I need to be? Uh, against this little screen. Oh, also, if you're into ASMR, AMRS, ASMR. ASMR. I got you. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> It irritates the shit out of me. I hate it so much. No, that's not 50 shades. ASMR. What? Oh, hold on. Can can I show you what ASMR is? Hold on. I'm giving him my head. Okay, so Jordan doesn't know what ASMR is, so here we go. Are you listening? Yeah. Like, listen closely. Warning, ASMR graces me out. I'm so sorry for everyone else listening. (laughs) I took the headphones off and gave them to Jordan. So Jordan literally said... What is that? Some Fifty Shades of Grey? And I was like, no, 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 no. Let me show you what it is. So I went to the fridge and I got out a pickle and he was like, this seems, <laughs> seems even more Fifty Shades and it's gross. 
<laughs> He's like, we're not putting that pickle anywhere. <laughs> A little do you know. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. So just listening to other people eat? <laughs> it's the eating and then like oh, other noises. Let me give you. Hold on. Do you hear it? Yeah, but I, it's I just was... like a really soft. It's okay that you don't get it. Some people don't like it. I mean, it's not that you I try don't like it. Ready? It's just... You like it? Oh, I expected that to fizz a little more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's ASMR. It's weird. I hate it. So just just noises. Like yeah, like soft noises, but like up close and personal to the microphone. Yeah, it's so gross. It is so gross. Oh, it irritates the shit out of me. Anyway, ready? Now we need to do Patreon because... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We have an amazing friend. Yes. Who has already subscribed to our Patreon. Oh, my God. We were Okay, so we were talking about it earlier, and then Beth was sitting at my kitchen table, and she was like, oh, my God. And we got our first Patreon person. Oh, my God. It was so exciting. And she texted me, and she's like, I did it. And I was like, I, or she was like, I think I did it. I was like, you did. Yes, and we freaked out. So thank you so much to Candy Marchman. Love it. She actually has a lot to do with this episode, doesn't she? She does. Listen, but we'll talk about that later. So, Candy, We're you are amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much. We love you. Yes. So, so much. Um, all right. Can we start off with our warning? Actually, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and go through the warning. Okay. Um, we are a murder podcast. We are kind of a comedy podcast. We're not that funny, but like we like to think we are. But my mama thinks I am. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to come up with something else. And that was all that came out. Um <laughs> So we never intend to disrespect the families or victims of the crimes, um, only the criminals because they're criminals and we don't really care what they think. Also, we cuss and mm-hmm. we're doing better because our dads did not appreciate it, but mm-hmm. we do cuss. Yep. Also, it's a murder podcast, so don't listen to this podcast with your children. Can I do a side note? Yes. So my um, best friend's grandmother passed away, you know, yes. I went to the funeral today. Mm-hmm. I was talking to her little brother, Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, yeah, I told um, mama about your podcast and I was going to show her how to listen to it. But thankfully she never listened to it. I was like, oh my God. If mama had listened to my podcast. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> it would have oh, been bad. Oh gosh. No, so, no, but I will dedicate this episode to Miss Eva Ellis. Oh, we love, love you. her. Love her. Channing, we're thinking about your family and we love y'all. Yes, we do. So we give our warning. Are you ready for some rock, paper, scissors? Yes. Okay. All right. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I hate winning. I freaking hate winning. I won for you last time. Yeah, you had to go first. It's terrible going first. I love when you go first. I hate it. I hate it. Shit balls. We're not cussing. Well, you know what? Sometimes it calls for it. And I don't like it. So shit balls. I'm going to call your daddy. I know. Those, he'll be like, I'll take that microphone away real quick. He'll be like, I'll use this for uh, my podcast with Beth Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Where we don't cuss. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. All right. My episode, I'm going to title it Teens with an Eye Roll. Teens with an Eye Roll. Yep. Okay. We're also going to call them scums, scrubs. I don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging on the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Trying to holler at me. Sorry for making okay. ears bleed, everybody. Mm-hmm. All right. I like how a monkey apparently joined <laughs> in on that one at one point. I was trying to like 
you know, do the record. But it did not. All right. August 4th, 2008. Fayetteville, Georgia. Don't read my notes. I was just looking. You're scrub. <laughs> all right. I think that's how your stories always start. Don't read my notes? Yeah, because <laughs> she always because she's a creeper. Yeah, right. Oh, yes. Thank you. First of all, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to get rid of him if y'all keep ganging up on me. <laughs> Sorry, I take it back. I'm going right, to invite right. Spence. And me and that would be the most boring podcast with just Spence. I mean, not because of you. Like, that's it. That came out. I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm going to shut up. Are we ready? We're ready. Sarah and Carl Collier from Fayetteville, Georgia. Wow, how many times am I going to mention Fayetteville? I don't know. This happened in Fayetteville, just in case y'all weren't aware. Uh-huh. They had two children. Kevin Collier, the golden child. There's always a golden child. Mm-hmm. And the younger child, Carla. Both were adopted because the Colliers couldn't have children. So Carla was the troubled child. In what seems like typical fashion, the two hardcore Southern Baptist parents were strict. But that didn't face Carla. Mm-mm. Carla grew up doing drugs, not doing well in school, and ended up um, being a stripper. Seriously, where I found all this information, they referred to it as a titty bar quite often. <laughs> like, I, yeah, like, you, like there's an old stripper. lady that calls it a titty bar. Yeah, I mean, maybe but that's how the clubs in Athens are, and I still call them strip clubs. Yeah, well, I mean, no judgment. Athens, there's only one. Listen, like, make that money. Uh, they make more money than the rest of us. Make that money. Make it. I can't dance either, so ain't nobody trying to Nobody want to see me naked, so. Hmm. All right, at 17, Carla dropped out of high school and ran off with a wanted felon for petty theft. Seems, seems like a logical thing to do. Always. So, like, they really ran off because he was a theft and he was running from the cops. His name was Gene Harvey, and he was a scrub. <laughs> Moving from state to state for four years, I think it said within four years they had moved, like, 16 times. When interviewed, Carla said she loved him, but he was an abusive alcoholic who would beat her. She only stayed because she didn't want to return home and be with her parents. And I'm sure they wouldn't be happy that she ran away with a felon. You're telling me. The fugitive was eventually caught in 1988 and taken to jail. Shortly after finding out that they were going to have a baby. Okay, wait. He was caught in 1988? Mm-hmm. I thought this was in 2008. Ignore the 2008. That's We'll get there. Okay. 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 Got it. So he's caught in 1988. He was taken to jail. Um, they found out they were having a baby. So Carla went back to live with her um, parents and give birth to their daughter, Holly, in March of 1990. Okay. But sometime after they found out Carla was seeing Gene Harvey again, they were pissed. But I'm pretty sure they didn't say pissed. They were just. We're so disappointed in you. Mm-hmm. We will pray for you. This was a huge fight. So tar- Carla took Holly. Hightailed it out of there. She was like, nope. Not staying here for this mess. She got an apartment and went back to said titty bar to work. When Gene was released from prison, he was in really bad car accident and became paralyzed. After that, he had nothing to do with Holly. So I guess he's like, yeah, I'm done here. Which he was probably done in the beginning. Like, let's not pretend like he was dad of the year. Right. I guess that meant her mom didn't want to have anything to do with her either. She treated Holly more like a roommate. She would party with her with drugs and alcohol. Or she was a preteen at this point. It was said that Carla would even pimp her out. Oh, I know. That's gross. Yeah. That's dirty. Carla eventually became abusive. Like bad. She threw her on the bed. Something like that. So in 2002, Carla was arrested um, on a drug charge and sentenced to three years in prison. She ended up only serving a few months, though. 
overcrowded. Listen, if I ever go to jail, it better be overcrowded. <laughs> it won't be. You know damn well <laughs> yeah. that if you or I get arrested, we're going to be in there the entire time. Right. And they're probably going to be like, Beth, we don't like the way you look today. So we're going to add five years on. <laughs> Plus well, the, two. The biggest thing about overcrowding is that you'd be with like 17 other people in a tiny cell. Yeah. You have to mm-hmm. share a bed. Ew. Gross. Ew. Ew. Four other girls. Lice. Ew. I like how you immediately go to lice is the worst thing. Because <laughs> I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> like, lice. I'm ew. peeing in front of four other people. I mean, the peeing in people. front of people wouldn't bother me. But like the right. lice and the dirty stink. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um. So she sent Holly to live with a friend of hers until she got out. When she did, Holly was in middle school at this point. She, okay. she seems like she's better Well, off I guess not as soon as she got out. They got an apartment, but then... Where did Holly go? She went to live with a friend of hers from high school. from A friend of Carla's from high school, right? Oh, okay. Uh, you know, now we're moving to Holly was in middle school at this point, and they moved again. And she started Holly on antidepressants because, like, obviously... Well, yeah, you're depressed because your mom sucks. And she pimped you out. Right? Yeah. Ew. Carla then got arrested for drug stuff again. And that's when Sarah and Carl stepped in, and they were like, no, 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 no. Just give me that. Just give me the kid. Give me the kid. They right. should have been doing that before. Yeah. According to literally everyone, Holly was a real scum nugget. Technical term there. I really put scum nugget. I like it. I'm, yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't a cuss word. I think I'm going to name this episode scum nugget. All right. So everybody from her lawyer to the detectives, everybody in the interview was like just talking about how she was just awful. Right. Just mm-hmm. bleh, bleh. Not, I guess like not your typical bleh, teen, like extra. Bleh. Yeah. This is when she met Sandra. Sandra Ketchum. And the two became BFFs real quick and then love us. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Sandra had a real shittiest upbringing, too. Um, she went through a couple of moms. I think it was like her stepmom number three or four ended up being like really cool. We liked, we liked the current one. Um, her dad did not seem bad either, but I guess it was just like all the mom drama. But let's go back to Holly because she's the real scrub. Oh, the Colliers were super, super duper hardcore Baptist, like I said earlier. And Holly's new friend was a big old hell no. You're not bringing them lesbians into my house. You know. You know. I I, I get it. I get it that it's like that was their age thing then. You know what I mean? Um, I don't mean I don't get it. It's but yeah. it's still a cultural thing. It's a like cultural thing. Well, I just don't I don't understand being well being twenty twenty one, we all know now that love is love. Right. But before it was not, it was Yeah, like I I, gonna, I want to like just be like it's just their age and their upbringing. They don't you can't yeah. change somebody's mind. But yeah. like I do believe you can change somebody's mind. You can. But like when old Southern Baptist people are just hardcore set in their ways, you know? I mean, yeah. So they were like, Nope, don't be bringing that. That like being in my house. According to the attorney, who sounded high as fuck. I don't know what. Sorry. I don't know what was wrong with her. But like, I'm going to have to let you listen to her voice. She was like, now, Holly was a terrible kid. Like, that's what she sounded like. I don't know why I did my hands like that. She said that the grandparents were really strict and negative to Holly all the time. And they even took her off of her meds. And they were like, you're not taking any meds around here. Um, we will ask the church to pray for you, and oh, that's, that's going to help you. That'll make it all better because mm-hmm. depression is not a real thing. By the way, we need to change that stigma because yes, it's a thing, and uh-huh. medication helps and makes it better. Mm-hmm. All of this just brought Holly closer to Sandra, so she's like less raw, baby, little scrub hoe. You said scrub, so hold on, it's your fault. I don't wanna give you mine and 
Okay, we can't actually play that because we'll get demonetized because we make so much money off of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the girls are hanging out one night. Um, This was August 2nd, 2004. Why did I say 2008 earlier? No, it's 2004. So ignore the whole 2008. I don't know what I'm talking about. August 2nd, 2004, at the age of 15. The girls are hanging out one night when Holly decides it's time to take care of the problem. She goes upstairs. She gets two knives from the butcher block in the kitchen and lures the grandparents into the basement apartment she has. Like The, the grandparents? The yeah. grandparents are the problem. Are we confused about who the problem is? Because I'm aware that it's the mother. Uh, yeah. She's she's going after the grandparents, right? She's thinking it's all them because she doesn't want Sandra. She had banned her from the house, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the girls were downstairs. She had her own basement apartment in their house. She's living the good life now. Yes. Yes. And now we're like, no, they're the problem. Right. Scrub. I love it when my mom pimps me out. (laughs) (laughs) So she lures him down to the basement apartment thing, the entitled little bitch that she is, by lighting up a joint. In there, and she's like, they'll smell it, so they'll come they'll down. They'll smell it. They'll come down. I'm so smart. Lit a skunk in this house? <laughs> what is going yeah, on? so in the episode that I watched, um, they have, like, reenactment. Reenactment. Yeah. And the grandmother's like, Holly, she's smoking that marijuana again. I that told marijuana. her. The reefer. The sinweed. Side note, they were getting all their drugs from this drug dealer. They had gotten them the night before, and of course the girls had no money, so Holly's like, listen, I'll have sex with them to get us drugs. Gross. Gross. And he's like, hey, yeah, but he laced it with cocaine. So this is why they think that she had like a little a little high. High. Like an upper and a downer mixture type of thing. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But are they just trying to blame it on the drugs? Just... I mean, by the way, I apologize to everyone for Haley being close and then far away from her pod. <laughs> I her, can't stay still long enough. No, she is squirming all over this chair. <laughs> Anywho, she starts writing on her arm. Do you want to know what she writes on her arm? Keys, money, jewelry, kill. Oh, so this is our game plan. <laughs> I'm like, um, while this is, she did this while she's waiting on the grandparents to come down. Like, I guess just to like. Hey, just a reminder, like in case I forget what I want to do, I want to get the keys. I want to get money. I want to get their jewelry and then kill them. Like you're going to forget your game plan. First of all, we had to write it on our arm. Yes. Second of all, that we can't remember four things. All right. (laughs) We can't really be judging on that. (laughs) I mean, I guess when you're in the moment, you might forget jewelry. Yeah. When you're killing somebody, you might forget. So keys, money, jewelry, kill. She wrote it on her arm. Like, hey. Don't forget, girl. This is what this we're doing. This is the order. <laughs> yeah. And gr- the grandparents didn't see that on her. Well, I mean, yeah, they're like a task murdered, list. So. Here's my task list. Like, like don't like forget. Or like your grocery shopping list normally. Yes. <laughs> and then it says, dumb hoe. <laughs> <laughs> so Sandra hides while the grandparents come down. Sarah is the first one to come into the room, and the attack starts. Sarah is really ru- wounded, but Carl starts fighting back. He, like, jumps on her. He's trying to stop it, and he's trying to protect his wife. She's pretty injured, but she's still alive at this point. That's when Holly screams for Sandy. She's like, help! So Sandy comes jumping out with her knife and starts attacking Carl. He realized at that point that he couldn't take on two girls, so he runs upstairs, and Holly chased him into the kitchen and then killed him by stabbing him in the neck. She got his artery, and it skimmed across his, like, what's this bone? Vertebrae. Yes. Oh. Yep. Um, it says hitting his artery thing. She then went down to the basement and continued stabbing Sarah until she was dead. But she forgot about the keys, the money. She did. I guess she went backwards. 
Oh, okay. Start right. with number four, then we're gonna go to number three, right? And then two, and then one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe she should read it. Make dyslexic, like read it backwards. Oh, yeah. Oh, the investigator said that the crime scene was horrific. Horrific. We'll get into that in a minute. The girls then ransacked the house, stealing money, jewelry, <laughs> and the keys <laughs> after they killed and escaping the scene in Carl's truck. What's their game plan? Like, this is the problem with five. teenagers. You they think about there. right then, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go here. But then, like, what are, what are you going to do after that? Right? Like, because everyone knows that you killed your grandparents now. Yeah. What, so, what, yeah. Where, where are you going to go? Step five, come up with a plan to escape. <laughs> <laughs> went, so she would have done that first. She no, forgot. it should have been one plan to escape. Yeah, no, that has to go. be number five because she went backwards. It would have been. Oh, we have to do that before we mm-hmm. kill. Okay, got it. So with Holly, she's still 15 at this point. She's driving. With she's driving a truck. I, I mean, yeah. I was about to say, I think that's the last thing that I would worry about legality. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine being the other girl? <laughs> after you kill somebody, bro, I'd be like, you can't drive. We can't drive yet. <laughs> you don't have a license. We're only 15. You can't drive. <laughs> it's illegal. How many laws are we gonna break today? This is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen. I was okay with First the killing off, thing. We had we had drugs, uh-huh. so that was one broken law. <laughs> then we killed your grandmother, and then we killed your grandfather, uh-huh. and now we're driving without a license. I've got to just call the. <laughs> I draw my line and driving line without a license. I will walk. <laughs> okay. All right. The girls go go to one of Sandra's friends' house, Sarah Polk. She met him in the driveway and immediately noticed blood everywhere. She said Holly was just all hyped up on adrenaline and Sandy was white as a ghost. She said, Sandy, girl, what the hell? What the hell happened? And Holly just stepped in with her bloody knife and said, we killed my grandparents. But can we come in and take a shower? No, ma'am. No, you may not. <laughs> yeah. yeah nah. I'm going to need you to turn it nah. around. She's still got the knife. Yes. Come on in. I'm, I've got to go run through the store. Be- I was um, actually on my way out. Sorry. But y'all go ahead and I'll be, I'll be back later. <laughs> okay. Sarah was like, um, hell to the no, ma'am. Here's a towel. Um, but you got to get out of here. So she brought him two towels and she called two warm towels is what she said. She brought him two warm towels. Who has warm towels? Just, she put them in the dryer. Right? I mean, how, are you literally thinking like, let me go put these in the dryer and make them nice and warm for these bloody little creatures. I don't want you inside. I'm sure but I want you to like me. Blood is making you cold outside. <laughs> yeah. here, so, so she hands him the towel and she's like, hey, go. The girls leave and Sarah shats her pants. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and goes straight to her mom. It's like, mom, call the police. Call the police. Okay, well, the mom's voice on the phone of the 911 call, I should have recorded it because she's like way more than relaxed than I would have ever been. She's like, my daughter um, has got to quit screaming to tell you what's going on. <laughs> but she just <laughs> got to quit screaming. I'm like, what? Okay. This 15-year-old was driving. <laughs> she's right. driving without she a license. <laughs> so Sarah hysterically tells them um what ha- what happened like total hysteria hysteria i mean like rightfully so sheriffs quickly drive to the plantation drive in fayetteville <laughs> in, fayetteville. in 2004 fayetteville. to the horror movie type scene dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. the first to arrive was detective ethan harper with fayette county sheriff's office where he discovered carl collier face down in a pool of blood in the kitchen in Fayetteville. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I keep doing that. Like I'm Cardi B or something. 
All right, Detective Bruce Jordan was next, where he found Sarah Collier at the bottom of the basement stairs. Blood was... Coagulated. Everywhere. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> I thought it was a word like you wouldn't know how to pronounce. That's why it's coagulated. Yeah, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> it's like when your blood hardens. And like it, like yeah. jello? Yeah. yeah. Ew. He said she had a hole in her chest about this big. So like the, the size of the palm of your hand. Well, my hand. Your hands are small. You don't know how big their hands are? I mean, your hand. Oh, well, yeah. But well, the circle he held up was like the size of the palm of my hand. Okay, so if you... I'll take a picture of Haley's hand. Well, so just it, like a normal hand. Open up your freaking hand. And it, it's just it's just a big asshole, okay? That he dug with a knife. Okay. That's a, that's a better description. Just a big ass fucking hole. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There was a big hole in her chest where they in were Fayetteville. trying, <laughs> <laughs> where they were trying to get to her chest, her heart, not her chest, because it was in her chest. Whatever, I quit. There's he, this big bone that blocks your heart, so it's kind of hard. What is to, it? Your sternum. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they good, were good to nerve. He also said that this scene was one he could not get out of his head. It was so savage and brutal. Seriously, it's bad. Like, I'm going to have to show you pictures. It's bad. Oh. It's bad, right? Uh, one of the officers said, like, you could tell that it was done by somebody that had so much anger and rage that, like, this, it, he just can't stop thinking about it. Mm. This shit went viral, <laughs> <laughs> which in 2004, like, wasn't a thing. Except for um, when I say viral in this times, I mean like Fox 5, all that kind of stuff. You know, it was on the news. All over the news. Yeah. The police knew the girls had to be found quick. If they had already killed like this, they'd do it again. So they enlist Sarah Polk to try and lure them back. They had her. I feel like I sound girly today. No, you don't. Okay, cool. They enlist Sarah Polk to try to lure them back. How is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you sound right. like a girl you today. You sound like a man. <laughs> All the time. You don't sound like a man, but you don't sound like overly girly. girly. I can try. Let me try. Um, I, I can't like do it. it already. <laughs> I'm over it. All right. They had her call them saying, hey, if you just come meet me, I'll help you. Um, I'll help you figure all this out before you hurt somebody else. And the two girls were like, psych. Oh, we're not going to jail. So the hunt was on. Investigators were like, let's investigate. Yes. You got it this time. All right. <laughs> so the first step of every homicide is, does anybody know? To investigate? Shut up, whore. Call 911? No. When the, for the police. What is the first step you have to do in homicides or crime scenes? Determine an way of entry, murder type, who did it. Any link to a, the a motive. members? A motive. No, it's just to walk the scene. So, Are, are you it? kidding me? <laughs> no, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Y'all are getting... supposed to get that. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, walk around but the scene. Like, think about it. Think same. about it. Jordan, the... think about it. If you go to a fire, mm -hmm. your first step is to, like, get a clue of what's going on, right? Yeah, but I'm doing, like, 17 different things in that. And that's what we were all listing. Well, right, well, think about in the National was... Registry checkoff sheet yeah. of investigating homicides. The very first thing is BSI PPE, scene safe, and then walk the scene. What? I don't even know what you just said. Oh. <laughs> in Holly's bedroom, police discover a note reading, All I want to do is kill. You probably should have gotten rid of that. 
<laughs> all I do is kill, 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 no matter what. Money or killing on my mind. I can't ever get enough. Yeah. God, we're old. This takes the case from a 10 to a 12. Real quick. Why only two points? I don't know. And why was it already not there? There were two people brutally murdered. Well, that's house. when it became a 10. What is the scale going to? Because <laughs> it's going to like 30. No, it's a scale from 1 to 10, but then they took it to a 12 because they're like, oh shit, she's going to go kill again because all oh, she want to do is kill, 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 no matter what. Kill these two people. First of all, uh, it is not possible to have a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh my God. Go ahead. So they're in desperate search to figure out where the girls would go as fast as they could. Detective Jordan then saw a clue. She pointed to her eye just in case I wanted to know. <laughs> I don't know why. On Holly's vanity were pictures of her at the beach. And he went from there. Although this was just a hunch, it was really all they had to go on. <laughs> but what coast? We're in freaking Georgia. Coasts are like all around. Why was that what he was? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> he saw a picture. Oh, wait. Did I tell you what the picture was of? The no. beach. Oh, her on the beach. There was like multiple pictures of her on the beach. And he just said she's going to the beach. And they just went off of that. Seriously, swear I mean, to God. I'm not going to lie. I guess if I was 17 years old and had murdered my grandparents. She was 15. Okay, 15 years old. Yeah, you're right. She doesn't have a license. 15 years old and murdered my grandpa. Driving illegally. And driving illegally. I'd be like, where do I want to go? My happy place. Probably the beach. I guess. But she's probably going to like Savannah or Myrtle. Like one of those crappy beaches. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, God. So the police start by placing a bolo on Charles' blue truck. Then they realize Holly had stolen her granddad's cell phone. What do we do with cell phones? Track them. <laughs> what does Beth do with everybody's cell phones? Yeah. Track them. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> so on August 3rd, they start following the signals all the way to Savannah, Myrtle Beach, <laughs> Tavia, Tavia, for real. <laughs> yes. Wrong. Come on. Yes, you're so there. When investigators got to Tavia, they quickly found Carl's blue truck abandoned in a parking lot. When they searched the vehicle, they found bags with bloody clothes and a butcher knife from the murder. What is wrong with you? You drove four hours, five hours. Get rid of it. Well, yeah, you could have thrown it out on 16 because ain't they, sh I mean, at any point nobody's going to find it on 16. Mm -hmm. yeah. But where were the girls? Not in the truck. On the beach. Well, back to August 2nd, the night before, when the skanks got to Tybee, they realized their dumbasses hadn't thought beyond this point. Like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We don't have any money. We don't blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> right, there was just the four steps. Nothing else. Maybe by this point, it come off. Like, she, maybe she didn't use well, a sharpie. She should have wrote it in permanent marker. Right. That's when they spotted two boys walking down the road. And of oh. course, Holly decided she would be the hoe that she is. Hey, boy, hey. Mm -hmm. And flirt with them to try and get whatever she could. Uh huh. Like a place to stay. The brothers, Brian and Brett Pel Pellerin, I don't know if I said that right, had literally just moved to the island that day so they thought they were just making new friends after walking to town they decided they were going to go to the beach and they were just hanging out with the girls the girls at one point were like hey do you know where we can sell jewelry and the boys were like nah like, no we just showed up yeah like we're new here we don't know anything the girls had the audacity hmm. to ask the boys if they could stay with them for the night because they had no money and nowhere to stay and lord willing they said yes isn't that sweet of them? Because I'd have been like, no. It says, who even, question mark, TF, as in the fuck, question mark. Were the girls good mark, looking? No. Okay. 
hard freaking no. Their mother even said yes. Whose fucking mama is going to be like, yeah, bring those strangers on in here. It's our first night in this strange town. Let them stay. No, no, no. You can't stay with me. No. Yeah, I would get your ass in this house and kick them hoodlum ho-ass scrub girls to the curb. You better kick them out before I embarrass you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But one of the boys was 22, which I thought was like "Eh, creepy, right? Yeah. But one was 15, so maybe he's like, hey, if I lure these hoes back to the house, maybe little My brother gets them. Yeah. The net was really closing in now. The police had tracked the phone, but it only led them to a neighborhood. No particular place in the neighborhood, right? Because the girls weren't using their phone. So they had a stakeout. And when Officer Jordan, he was like, I don't know why the U.S. Marshal that I was with would not turn the engine on. But we sat out there in the... in the. It is way too hot. In fucking August. In Tybee Island in August, it is way too hot. Sat no. in the car. No, sir. Or, I'm going to go rent my own car. I'll sit behind <laughs> I'd you. Get, yeah, I'd be like... But, but like, how do you tell a U.S. Marshal that? If he said we're not going to turn on the engine, I'd be like, yes. No, I'd I'll be die. like, no, sir. The Just fuck. like, <laughs> we know sir, I'm not scared die. to tell people what I think. Yeah, um, We were going into Canada and we brought an illegal um, defense weapon with us. And on accident. On accident. And Beth was literally yelling at the, the border crossers. He was rude and disrespectful. And I thought that he needed to know that. And I wasn't getting into Canada anyway. We were getting get locked up in a Canuck jail. Did you get kicked out of Canada? I got yeah. kicked out of Canada. Shut the fuck up. This guy was so rude because when he came, we went, got sent to the secondary service. Who were you with? Jordan. Me. Just me and Jordan. We were going to Niagara Falls. Yeah. Oh, and sweet we, heavenly father. We got what sent happened? to the secondary search and we went over there. Did and he when, cavity search you? No. Bummer. Just searching the yeah. truck. <laughs> and when I went to go put something in the, um, the, what? The truck. No, the center console. No, glove compartment. The glove compartment. Thank you, Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, I let it down and I realized that my flashlight stun gun was in there. And I was like, ooh, I'm gonna tell him about it. So I told him, hey, I have a flashlight stun gun in the glove box, the glove box that I forgot about. He said, okay. And then they're searching whatever. And then you hear it and he's like, what is this? And I, oh no, first he found a little pin that you can use to break windows. My entire family's in public safety. We and break windows. A medical jump bag in yeah. the back too. <laughs> and so we, um, he's like, what is this? And I was like, what is it? Like, I, I can't see that from he, here. Yeah, I'm like 30 feet like, away yeah. from you. Mm-hmm. So I walk over there. I was like, it's a window punch. He was like, why? I was like, to so I can break into windows. windows. Duh. And then he found it. He's like, what is this? I was like, the stun gun I told you about. <laughs> like I told you about it. Yeah. And he was like, what's the last five of your social? And I was like, who asked for the last five of your social? It's the last four, stupid. <laughs> and he's like, what's your maiden name? And I'm like, it's listed right on my passport. It's my middle name now. Oh, my God. I, he was such a dick, and I was rude, and they did not like me. They felt bad for Jordan, and then they kicked us out of Canada. I bet Jordan was like, oh, my God. Although, I'll have to say, the American side, they were so much cooler because they're like, did you bring a gun? We're like. No, we left all our guns in the hotel because we knew we were coming to Canada. On purpose. On purpose. And so what they do is they put it like in a big lock box. Yeah. And they put it in your trunk. They're like, don't open your trunk. And so you drive to back to the American side. They get in your trunk. We go inside and we told them, we said, hey, we left a flashlight stun gun. That's what it is. He goes, huh, never seen one of those before. 
and then they proceed to play with it in the back. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, you got kicked out of Canada. Yes, I did. Anyways, back to the story. Sorry. I would tell the U.S. Marshal that we're turning the car on or yes. I'm getting my own car. <laughs> All right, so um, they tried continuing to trace the phone call. I know that he called back to me. He's like, y'all, y'all got to, like, I need you to figure this out. We've got to get this figured out. You need to narrow it down. Because it's hot as fuck. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was Jordan and a team of 15 law enforcement officers, including two, two U.S. Marshals. They just needed somebody to use the phone. Just right, use and they the just phone. And what is it in there, like, a time limit, like, longer than two minutes? Or is that, like, old school? That's old school. Oh, whatever. And I'll be damned if they didn't get lucky. Remember old Brian and Brett? Oh, yeah. They had just moved to Tabby that day. I told you. And they moved with their mother. And you know what you do when you move into a fresh house? Move your stuff in. You turn your stuff on. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. So, you know what you need to turn your phone, your house phones on at this point? You need a cell phone to call the cell phone company. Oh, look at there. Uh, look at that. All right. Well, Patricia needed to call the phone company and turn her house phone on. So she said, Holly, can I borrow your phone? And Holly's like, uh, yeah. Because I'm 15 and stupid. And, and, you know, turning things on in your house is a lengthy phone process. Mm -hmm. The longer it's on, the better it is. Maybe that's back in the, whatever. Whatever. It's true, though. The longer it on is, the better. Right. Right. I'm so smart. Okay, after um, staking for hours, hours and hours and hours, Jordan and the U.S. Marshals, they get a call that they've narrowed it down to two houses. Jordan's like, we got to do this. Go bust up in those two Let's houses. Let's do it. Let's do it. So he's like, he picks a house and he's like, just go. Just go. They go. They go hard. They roll up. He orders everybody to bust in. They start kicking in doors and all this kind of stuff. Certain they were about to catch them scrubs. <laughs> Only to realize it's the wrong fucking house. Well, first of all, there was two houses. They should have narrowed it down to the one first. <laughs> yeah. Not the, you know. How embarrassing. Can you imagine like, awkward. Uh, how pissed <laughs> off would you be when they kicked your door down You're sitting there like, and it was your neighbor? <laughs> and you're like, oh, how am I securing my house tonight? <laughs> right? Yeah. Welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what? They're like, oh, great. Now our new neighbors have, the neighbors that moved in yesterday. The freaking U.S. Marshals are there. Great. This that's, is great. That's just awkward as hell. Can you imagine just being like, sorry, ma'am. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, Let my, me back out. Is it my bad? Picking up the door <laughs> and just laying it against the wall. Reverse. <laughs> are there people that will come in and fix the shit for you? I mean, they have to pay for it. If yeah. They do it. And it's not that. Oh. It's the same thing. Like, if you get arrested, like, wrongly, like, they you. Oh, now, now, if it is your house and you're the one doing wrong, that's all you, boo. It's all on you. <laughs> Rightfully so. So they're like, whoops, on to the next one before it's too late. They kick the doors in, guns drawn, while poor 15 year old Brett is just trying to eat his pizza. And like, Brett is like, oh my God, oh my God. He's freaking out. Um, he's there. Everybody's like, where are the girls? Where are the girls? Where are the girls? Screaming at him. He's like, uh, uh, I think it's the girl. I don't know. There's girls in the back. But I don't know because they're fucking strangers and I just let them sleep in my house. That poor kid is never going to take a girl home. <laughs> right? Again. The first time you had a girl sleep in the night. The U.S. Marshal showed up and arrested him for fucking murder. <laughs> they head to the back. Bust in the room. Finally ending the chase. After 17 hours. But Holly's bitch ass wasn't ready to go out easy or quiet. While arrested and on the ground 
in the house. Detective Jordan looks over and he sees Holly's sliding her hands out of the cuffs. So he like, what is that move in wrestling where you just, woo? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you you just elbow. dropped the elbow on somebody. Well, like he dropped his whole body. DDP. Yeah. Right? And, okay, he literally drops his full weight onto this tiny girl and said, you're not fighting with your 80-year-old dead grandmother anymore. You're dealing with me. That's right. I'd be like, yes, sir. After I peed my pants a little bit. First of all, you would have never killed your grandmother. That's true. True. <laughs> He should have added bitch at the end of that. Well, hold Scum on. Nugget. Hold on. Oh, side note. When the girls were arrested and searched, both of the girls had kitchen knives from Patricia's because she was literally unpacking the kitchen stuff that day. So they thought they needed her kitchen knives? Yes. Was that their plan to kill them and then live That's in That's what house? they think, that they were they were going to start killing them. That kid is never getting the girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's going to be like, Mom, I met somebody. She's going to be like, fuck off. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's reported multiple times that Holly never seemed remorseful at all, even after being captured when being escorted out of the house. She looked around and saw the attention she was getting and laughed out loud in Jordan's face. This 15-year-old little scum that gets started. He, he said that she was like, <laughs> this is why I couldn't be a cop because I'd punch her. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I literally, I would have slapped her so fast. Yeah. Whew. Back in custody, Holly wouldn't confess to anything. She was just cold and uncaring, just blank. When Jordan tried to question her, he said, so Holly, are you going to tell me what happened? She said, nope. And boy, was he hot. He literally said, good. I don't need you, bitch. I've got what I need. I'm glad you don't want to talk. And he left her. Okay. Lay that hammer down. Yes, sir. Son. I said, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Ketchum, on the other hand, was freaking the out. She breaks down and confesses real quick. She's willing to help in whatever way. She was really remorseful or what it seemed like to many people. Even the neighbor that got her house broken into was like, that second girl just looks so sad. Well, you shouldn't go around murdering people. Yeah, true. I, I think she got caught up more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I but I mean, you still killed. Like, so far. I'm saying, I can see you like in a, more of a crime of passion, but at the same time, it's not crime of passion. It's a passion that together. But right. But it was... It was still a cold-hearted bitch move. Yeah, <laughs> you still uh, took someone's life. Three days after the murder, the two girls had their first court hearing. They were both charged with felony murder and malice murder. Holly, during the court, was super weird. Super awkward. You just see her looking around a lot. Apparently, she was asking a lot of questions. She was asking her lawyer, like, are my grandparents really dead? Are they, like, all the way dead? No, they're just kind of dead. Like, just halfway? Uh, she's like, what happened? But, like, I really love my grandparents. What happened to them? I mean, I would have been like, bitch, you killed him. You know what happened to him because you did it. Right. Stop playing. Stop. 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 No, ma'am. Yeah. Like, I talked to my kids. Stop it. <laughs> One week after the murders, the couple was laid to rest. It went viral, too. That's so sad. I know. It was on Fox 5, and it was really sad. Oh. They showed the Fox 5, like, I want to say trailers, but that's not the right word. Like Scenes? Clips. clips? Oh, it was pitiful. They buried them together. Oh, so sad. He's, oh, oh. In April of 2005, Holly takes a plea deal and gets two life sentences. Are you ready? Yes. Two life sentences. She will be eligible for parole in 2025. No, ma'am. Uh, hi. That's only 20 years. No, ma'am. No. I swear to God, 2025. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Sandy Ketchum also pleads guilty, receiving two life sentences. 
But because she cooperated so much, she was up for parole in 2018. Do that math, please. Because I couldn't. What? 12? 2005, 13. 18? 13 years. 13 years. I would just like to reference, um, not the last episode, but the one before that, when Constance got 40 fucking years for forgery. And right. these bitches just got 13 years for murder? It's ridiculous. Constance deserved the 40 years, but come on. <laughs> I mean, forgery. For, I mean, she deserved it for the murder part, for the murder for hire, but she did not deserve... I mean, well, I don't know what. She deserved it all. But 40 years for forgery? And these little scum nuggets got 13 years? But she's not out yet. But she was up for parole and can start appeal. Whatever. Whatever she wants to do with it. I don't even know I'm her life. I'm surprised they, they charged her as an adult 15. Uh, you're Which, an I mean, adult. she should be. She you is, murdered people. Yeah, she mm -hmm. deserved it, but it's still... So apparently Holly thinks that she'll be out soon. So she's going to have a life. I hate to tell you, Holly, but you're not getting out soon. She even asked her lawyer, like, apparently she calls her lawyer every now and then. She's like, do you think that I'm going to get out at some point and, like, I'll have a life and I'll have children? I want to have children of my own. I wrote, hi, CPS. I'd like to report a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and report that to CPS before it even starts. Can Thank we you. go ahead and uh, get that case started? Just in case. <laughs> I feel like we should be on top Put her of on watch alert. Thank you. Sandra. Oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yes. Haley. All right. Sandra is... Okay. Sandra is currently at Pulaski State Prison in Hawkinsville. Still serving. Her nickname is Dre. And I would like to read something to you that I... Um, that I found on the internet. Okay. She didn't get her medical degree and become Dr. Dre, did she? <laughs> <laughs> All right. She have uh, she wrote this letter um, on her mm, <laughs> on her pentacon.com <laughs> in her jail babes website. Okay. I went to them. <laughs> pentacon. <laughs> like pinacon. Like, but pen, you pin a convict. Yeah. Pentagon. Yeah. Is, am I the only one that's ever heard of that? That was fucking awesome. I mean, it sounds dirty. But it does. Oh, dirty. When I was reading it, it took me a minute to realize it said P E N as in like a writing pen. Yeah, not, <laughs> not, not as in penis. <laughs> yes. I was like, a now, <laughs> yes. Now, the other one, what was the other one? Jail babes. Yeah. Now that for sure is porn. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yikes. Sure. Two girls trying to like go. Very, oh, my name is Sandra Ketchum. I'm very outgoing. I love the outdoors. I played basketball through high school. <laughs> you didn't go to fucking high school. What are you talking about? My freshman year. I've been locked up since I was 16. I may be getting released next August, so I'm looking for someone I can be friends with. I have a wonderful personality. I've learned a lot from being in prison. I'm looking forward to meeting new people that I can start a new life with. I have a small family, and all my so-called friends left me. So I'm Because you murdered people. <laughs> yes, I totally opened a new relationships. I'm a very loyal woman with a big heart. I'm willing to relocate for the right relationship. I'm looking forward to hearing from that special person out there. Hopefully it's you. Wink, wink. Okay, but did anyone tell her that she's going to have to relocate because she can't get out of prison and stay in prison? Like, you have to find somewhere to live. Like, also, when I say relocate. I mean, you relocate closer to me. <laughs> so we have conjugal visits. That's you can also write Sandra Ketchum <laughs> at Pulaski County Correctional, 373 Upper River Road, Hogginsville, Georgia, 31036. You can also send her hearts. Okay, but like, look at the logo of Pinacon. <laughs> 
It looks like it should, like, it looks penis like. It's the heart. It looks like a butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that might not be like, it might be that, like, like a prisoner dating game thing. Oh, that one was on jailbabes.com. This one was on Pinacon. Hi. I've been locked up since I was 16. No, thank you. I've pretty much grown up in here. I would love to get a chance to know people outside of here and could really use some good role models and positive people. I am a very loyal, honest person. And I am not my crime. Yes, you are. Yeah, you murdered people. That makes you a murderer. You also murdered old people. Yeah, so you're not even a like nice murderer. Right. I am a people Isn't person. Nice <laughs> she literally said... <laughs> I'm a people person. You're a people killer person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a people person that I kill people. People people like me so much, they take me home to their moms the first day. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy the outdoors, poetry and art. (laughs) I enjoy the outdoors in my 25-foot courtyard. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, For one hour a day. (laughs) It's it's cement. It's great. Love it. All right. Woo. Holly is at Arendelle State Prison. So, um... You can write Elsa over there, too, if you would like, but I highly wouldn't recommend it. I'm not even going to give you her um, jailbird information. Um, I couldn't find much on her, except for she wants to get out of prison. And that's going to be a big but no. Oh, oh, side note, a week prior to the murders, Carl told Kevin, you know, the golden child, that Holly was saying that she wanted to kill them. But nobody took her seriously. They were like, oh, she's just some 15-year-old girl that's hormonal. I'm like, well, uh, she meant to. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no one took her seriously. Da da da. Oops. <laughs> okay. Woo. Oh, also during the court, I don't know why I have random notes. Holly was asking her lawyer. She's like, "So I get to do I get to go back to school in August when school starts back?" Um, no, <laughs> you're gonna be in jail. The lawyer was like, "What? Spring break?" Hey, um, I'm pretty sure her attorney needs to have her IQ checked. Yeah, <laughs> she needs school. Like, you realize what's going on here. You realize you murdered people, right? Yeah. No, no she's yeah. like, are they all the way dead though? You know when you hacked your grandma to death? That kind of was your get out of jail card. Get yeah. out of school, not get out of jail. Get out of school. <laughs> all right, so I would like to cite my sources. Yes, ma'am. What What did you watch to come up with this? <laughs> Bitch, you know, watch TV. I'm not reading a lot. I read once I watch, okay? Uh-huh. So I watched Killer Instincts. You literally Chris. told me you had to pause the episode and rewind it. <laughs> yes. She reads after she writes. I do. Thank you. I read it when I'm telling you about the podcast. I read I find uh-huh. articles. Once I like get the whole concept of the murder, then I go read articles. So it I'm started. Also, I'm also pretty sure that she either has split personality or something because when she's laughing at her own writing like <laughs> oh i'm so funny I'm Look, I, wrote this. I did not remember that i wrote this all right so killer episode of killer instincts with chris hansen love him mycrimelibrary.com um i also listen to a few podcasts because i like i if you like search it on apple Podcasts, it'll come up with like episodes that have that name in it you know mm-hmm. so this new podcast that i love it's called beyond the rainbow just another murder cast yeah just kidding. that's it if you have to listen to another one beyond the rainbow um it was really good also strangeful things um i got some information from pinacon.com and i put lol (laughs) jailbabes.net i also put i want to delete my history (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's where I got all my information from. So I, I really enjoyed my case this week. It was a good one. Hookers and scrubs. Uh, scum nuggets. <laughs> no. <laughs> scum nuggets. All right. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Um, I'm trying to find jail babes. This is going to be jailbabes.net. Longest podcast ever. Oh my gosh. I'm going to cut so much of it. No, you're not. I am. So last time we recorded a podcast this long, it took me eight hours. So like, I'm going to be up all fucking night long. Yeah, well, like this is straight up. It's <laughs> <Look at> this. <laughs> <laughs> like, a foreign site for this, prisoners. This is like, please enter your credit card information before. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll show you. Yeah. We'll show you a clip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I like how it's all the girls that are actually like not in jail. So like. They well, need you to have the ones of them from get the brick wall. Yeah, they got their pictures from their MySpaces. Yeah. Okay, so first, I have to give a big shout out to Candy Marchman again. Again. Because she's awesome. She's um, a bomb. She gave me this murder, and I ran with it. And I Did she, like, it. do the research for you? No. She oh, I was like, oh, Candy. <laughs> she did the research <laughs> and then wrote it down, so this is my first time reading it, too. <laughs> like, Candy, can you do my girl? No. <laughs> No, I did the research, but she told me about it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, thank you. So, we're going to talk about a nice lady named Sarah. I can't say her last name, so we're not going to. Um, she, oh, my God. Mom was a Sarah, too. Yeah. Oh, she did? Okay. First of all, I've gotten two words into this murder. <laughs> okay. All right. Shh. Stop talking. Okay. So, Sarah was a former elementary school teacher. She lived in Florida, and she met a man on the beach, married him, moved to Atlanta. So she started working as an aerobics instructor at his North Side Club, so like a like a nightclub. But she was an aerobics. Aerobic. Yeah. yeah. Is it like so quote aerobics? I feel like she'd be line dancing or something up in there. I don't really know. Line dancing? No. No, she was not a stripper. They had a bunch of people at that club, including the Atlanta Falcons and her husband. Michael Vick. Mm. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Her husband was a little bit too occupied with the females in the club. Shocker. So they got divorced. Shocker. That club sounds kind of interesting. First, like, <laughs> yeah. If you're at a club so long, you need aerobics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, something going on. Sarah meets her second husband, Fred Tokers, after seeing him on the news. He was a <laughs> junior prosecutor working on a big murder trial. They are both from Buffalo, New York, and they now live in Atlanta. And so she feels like they have a connection. Side note, we were talking about um, Niagara Falls. Buffalo, New York is the shittiest town I think I've ever seen. Really? Like, yeah. Gross. Oh, like, I've, I've been there. What am I talking about? Fucking awful. Anyways, sorry, sorry. they quickly fell in love. Mm-hmm. They got married within a year of dating. And got divorced? Oh. No, they oh. got married oh. within a year of dating. It's a small wedding in uh, the courthouse just because that's what he wanted. And she was so in love with him. She was okay with that. She's very into fashion and she's working as a nightclub promoter, but like at a different nightclub, not her ex-husband's. <laughs> and he is, is she like the type of promoter that like walks around like bra and panties kind of promoter? Nah. And like hands out shots. Nah. Yeah. She's like And like, then like takes her top off, you know, to, <laughs> to do aerobics. Yeah, yeah, to do aerobics. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, sorry. Don't make fun of her. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So she's a very good nightclub promoter. She's very into fashion. She's very hardworking. 
and Fred works for the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Fred starts teaching at local colleges and law enforcement seminars. He is a self-proclaimed expert in the white-collar crime and computer fraud cases. But if you ask any of his co-workers, he's never prosecuted any of those cases. So he was never prosecuted? He never prosecuted. Like, he was never a lawyer on okay, any of those it. cases. But the two, Sarah and Fred, fit together so well. They have the same type of background, the same type of families. They have very similar values. They want a family. And that was especially really important to Sarah. She really wanted to be a mom. Okay. Sarah just was so in love with Fred, believed he was really doing important work. But Fred really wanted to be a politician. He wanted to be a tax attorney and he wanted to have like super rich clients. Like we want money, money, money. He sounds like a real big D-bag. Right? Yeah. Even though they seem like perfect on paper, things at home, probably not so perfect. Fred works late hours. He's hardly ever at home. But... Even so, they seemed happy to people, and Sarah became pregnant within a few months of getting married. They purchased their first home together. You know, like, he works a lot, but maybe he's just working. Mm -hmm. So after she gives birth to their first son, which is Ricky, in 1986, Sarah stops working for a little bit. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Fred did not agree with that. He wanted Sarah to work, so she started working half a day at the office promoting nightclubs and then did the rest of the stuff from home. But the nightclubs started having less business. They started to have laws that said that two-for-one happy hours were illegal, and then there was the rise of AIDS in the 80s, you know? So oh, yeah. People not going to nightclubs as much. So when the night- like coronavirus of the vagina. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, mask it up. (laughs) Mask it up. Um, This is where we learned to lose condoms. (laughs) Nightclub started to lose money, and eventually Sarah lost her job. So by default, she ended up being a A stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Had their second child in 1988. His name was Michael. And soon after they had Michael, Fred left the district attorney's office and started his own practice. He decided to be criminal defense. So instead of prosecuting criminals, he decided to defend them. And then he later expanded into divorce and tax fraud. This This sounds like he's like everything he's probably going to be doing. Right? Yeah. That same year, U.S. Congress passed a big law that traced large sums of money. So they're trying to crack down on money laundering. So that's kind of like fits in with what he's doing. Right? Mm -hmm. With his change in job, though, Sarah became pretty upset. She didn't think he was doing a, like the Lord's work anymore. He wasn't prosecuting criminals. He now was defending them. And she was concerned about the unknown because he's, you know, works with criminals now. He is often paid in cash and that makes her nervous. And then- That's weird as a defense attorney. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I guess I get, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. His clients were drug dealers. Uh, yeah. So. I did, that just ran through my head. Okay. So, Selling that crack, got to pay your lawyer. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's money laundering. Mm-hmm. The marriage was having a hard time, very clearly. And Fred ended up putting Sarah on a budget because she wasn't working. He does not allow her to get her own credit cards, and she can't have her own checking account. So she literally gets an allowance. Um, Is it he, like a good allowance? Um, it wasn't great, but it got better. Okay. Fred complained anytime that she spent any money on anything and started using all cash, like would give her cash. They paid for everything in cash. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Her budget ended up being about $400 a week, which is pretty great. Like, <gasps> I, 
Yeah. Well, especially back like, in that time. Too. Yeah, but yeah. like, I wonder if that like included groceries. I think it like includes that. groceries oh, and yeah, things no, like that. So like, it's not no, super no, no, great, no, no. but it's gonna, whatever. You're going to feed your kids and then give me $400. Right? Yeah. But she wants to make her own money. Yeah, because she's on a budget. So she starts her own production company. It's like Shut just up. a little small production company. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, that's what she was doing with the nightclubs. Oh, yeah. You know? So she has to submit budgets to him. And he can, like, he rejects them. Like Her she, husband? Yeah. Because she needs money to start this thing up. So she's like, hey, I need this much money for this. And he's like, no. Or he'd be like, here, you can have half of that. Or just like a little bit of it. He has entire control over all the money mm-hmm. and just like won't tell Sarah anything. She has no idea how much money they have, what money they owe. He does. She doesn't know what he makes. They could be poor or super rich and she has no idea. Because she was on such a budget, she's wearing hand-me-downs like from her sister. The family said that Fred even banned Sarah from going into the basement of the house and it was locked with a key. What? Right? Ew. He becomes even more controlling. And complains when Sarah goes to visit her family. They live in Florida. Mm-hmm. And he complains. He's so upset anytime she goes. And refuses to give her money for gas or to get a hotel on the way down there. Mm-mm. Every now and then, though, Fred would travel to Florida with Sarah. But he always flew. So Sarah would drive the nine hours down with the babies. And he flew. First class, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Eventually, the abuse becomes physical. Mm-hmm. and Fred starts beating Sarah. Some people say it happened. Some people say it didn't. But there's a friend that remembers that they were supposed to go to her party and she or his party, and he says that Sarah called and was, like, very upset and said they couldn't come because she had bruises all over her arm from Fred. Mm-hmm. But he denies it. Fred, they usually do. Right? Fred's still working late, and he'll call Sarah to say he's not coming home until late, and there are going to be people in the background talking like he's at a club or at a restaurant or at something. Mm-hmm. she's concerned that he's having an affair and she even speaks to a divorce attorney. But Fred became partners with a prominent divorce attorney and says... I hate him already. Right, and tells Sarah that he's going to take the boys from her. If she ever tries to leave, he's going to get full custody of the boys. Mm-hmm. And that his political contacts will help. Well, first of all, that's not how this works. Courts always side with the mother. But when you got a guy connected like that... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, yeah, yeah, most cases are, are going to be like that but if you have a attorney who's friends with everyone else there mm-hmm. do you really think though that they're going to take them away from yes. the mom when the mom does nothing wrong uh, what's that well, maybe like safe haven yeah lives. but that's that's different no but, i don't think it's different so uh, the problem i have right? though is that if he has the connections in the right places i can see him well, then those are shitty people. Her. They are he, shitty. He fucking beats his wife. He's a piece. I, I'm piece not saying that he's there. a shitty, like he is a shitty person, but I'm saying mm-hmm. that like yeah, not but, everybody he knows is a shitty person. But if he he's only giving them the one side. I don't care. I don't think that it would matter. I really don't. I think that it wouldn't have been as hidden, like as much of a slam dunk as he tries to make her think it would. Yeah. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Eventually, Sarah hires a um, a PI, even though she's intimidated by him. She she wants to build a case against him so that she can leave and not have a problem getting the kids. Yeah. The PI finds out that... My heart hurts for her. Right? Mm-hmm. The PI finds out that um, Fred is having an affair, and Sarah calls him and says, hey, I need to show you something at my house. 
she had broken Fred's rule and gotten the combination to her husband's safe in the (sighs) basement, and she wanted to show the PI what she had found. Yeah. So inside this safe, there are a bunch of documents and then bags of different things and then vials of prescription medicine. Vials? Vials. like Vials. Vials, like a lot of prescription medicine. Oh, okay. She asked her PI to take the documents and make copies of them, but he tells her that it's against the law and tells her that she can take copies and or take them and make copies and then give them to someone that she trusts. So Sarah does, and she says, you know, if anything bad ever happens to me, please take this case to the police. Let them know. Yeah. She is pretty sure that her husband is not only representing drug dealers, but is more like in business with them, you know? Yeah. Um, Before any of this happens, before Sarah actually gets the combination to the lock, Mm -hmm. Fred was already being investigated. Really? Yeah. I don't think she knew that. But they suspect that he's using his knowledge, like his knowledge. Street smart. Yeah. To help criminals and men who, quote, unquote, make money quick. Oh, like himself? Yeah, so like he's helping money launderers. Right. In March 6th of 1990, Fred becomes a partner with Parrot Acquisition Corporation, which owns and operates the nightclub in Atlanta called Parrot. And the fed- Is that like still a nightclub? No. Oh. The federal government investigated where the money came from to buy this nightclub, and they think that it's drug money. Not only that, Shocker. but they think that the two people that are running the business are not actually running it. They're fronting for some men that can no longer own and operate clubs. Oh, shit. Right? In 1991, Fred leaves, but he is still an attorney for the men that own the club. So he's still involved. He's just not an official owner. He knowingly let his clients break the law and act as front name for criminals. So he's breaking the law. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and a divorce could bring all of Fred's wrongdoings forward. Then he should have been a little bit nicer to his wife. Right? Okay. But like this like this can make him look bad. Like well, he's good. He's got like good partners and stuff. So this can make him look bad in front of that. I feel so bad. Right? Sarah ends up asking him for an alarm system to the house because she's nervous because of all the bad people that he represents. Yeah. And says that there's a broken lock on one of the doors, and so anyone can just get in the house. Fred gets her an alarm system, but he's not fixing the door because that's spending money, and he's not spending money. Unless it's on himself. Right? Let's come out of her account. Right? (laughs) One day before Thanksgiving, Sarah and the boys drive down to visit her her parents in Florida for Thanksgiving. On the way, it is a nine-hour drive. On the way down there, they stop and pick him up from the airport. Wait. They drove nine hours and picked him up at the airport. Is he not a shitty person? Jordan could be like, no, nah, Beth, I, I'm not riding with you and the two kids. I'm going to fly. I'd be like, no. Then don't come. Don't, yeah, don't come. You're not coming. I'm not picking you up. I, don't I will enjoy there. it without you there. While they're in Florida, the alarm system at the house continually goes off. It's a problem. And so Sarah eventually tells them, disconnect it. Obviously, it's malfunctioning. We're not home. Just disconnect it, the alarm. Mm-hmm. Fred leaves and flies back home and Sarah and the boys stay for a few more days but promise they'll be home before the end of the month don't do it right eventually Sarah and the boys leave to go back home they leave around 9 45 
And this would put them home around 9.30 or 10. And this is the 80s or the 90s, the early 90s. Your cell phones aren't a thing. Mm -hmm. So a little bit after they leave, Fred calls to check on them. Like, hey, have they already left? And Sarah's father-in-law says, yeah, they left. They'll be home around 9.30, 10 His father. Her father. Her father. So So Fred's father-in-law. Yeah, Fred's father-in-law. Fred, though, he's not going to be home when they get there. Of course not. He has got to go. It's a Sunday. And he has got to go visit a client in prison who's in montgomery alabama a client uh yeah he's he legitimately goes to prison to visit someone in montgomery alabama Mm -hmm. that night sarah fails to call her father and let her know that she's home safe so he starts getting worried he tries calling the house several times but the phone always rings busy it was found out later that it was taken off the hook the house the house phone's taken off the hook So just after 10 p.m. on 11-29-1992, Sarah and the boys arrive home. Sarah and Rick, which is the oldest, get Just up. after 2? No, 1992. It's just after 10 oh, okay. p.m. Oh, okay. Sarah and the oldest boy, Rick, get out of the car and start going. She's going to unlock the house and get things inside before she goes back and get Mike, who's sleeping in the back seat. Yeah. Sometime in between, like, them getting out and trying to get in the house or getting into the house, a man appears. He's holding a sawed-off shotgun, and he forces her and Rick back into the car, and he climbs into the car behind her. So this man is named Curtis Rower. Mm-hmm. He had been hired by Eddie Lawrence to kill Sarah. Eddie Lawrence was Fred's business partner, so he's like, hey, I need you to kill this woman. It's my business partner's wife. What? Right? Eddie knew what time Sarah was going to be home. He knew that the alarm system was turned off. He knew that the door was out of the door was locked on the side of the house or was broken, like the lock on the door was broken. And he knew that Fred was going to be out of town. So Curtis said that Eddie, because they had to wait for Sarah for a while. So Eddie had left him at the house and he got nervous that Eddie had abandoned him. So Curtis hadn't been paid for the murder yet. And guess how much he was promised? Five thousand dollars. $5,000. Oh, my God. Shut up. I was right. You were right. $5,000. See, that's what it was on the last murder. And not, I'm like. Not enough money. <laughs> yeah. Not enough like, money. Like, if you're going to ask me to kill somebody, you better offer me enough money that the, my family could, like, survive on with it for a couple of generations. Right. Forever and, and ever. generations and generations. And ever and ever. And I'm still going to say no, but. Right. You better offer. But you better offer. It's not $5,000 ain't doing doing it for me. Yeah. Curtis said that Eddie told him that Fred had wanted Sarah dead because she was standing in the way of him getting the loan. But he didn't know if that was true or if Eddie just wanted her dead. He wasn't really sure. Um, Curtis ordered Sarah to get in the car and drive. And because he's nervous because Eddie's left him, he's not sure if he's been... Like, if he's actually going to get this money or not. Mm-hmm. He tells her to drive, and like, to some um, housing project, but she doesn't know where it is. So, he gets frustrated. And eventually, he's like, just just pull down this road. Just pull down this road. She pulls over and stops the car. Eddie shows up. I guess he decided, hey, I'm here now. Yeah. Right, let's get this murder on. And the business partner, right? Eddie's the business partner, and she's looking at him like, "Hey, yeah, he saved me." And he's like, "No." He said that Curtis said that the shock on her face is like clearly she knows who he is. Yeah. Um, Sarah gets shot in the back of the head. Curtis <gasps> shoots her in the back of the head, and both of the boys are still in the car at this point. Oh no! Right. 
So the oldest boy, Rick, turns the car off, uh-huh. grabs his little brother out of the back seat, mm-hmm. and they run. And he is trying to find someone to call his grandfather because his grandfather was a doctor and would fix his mom. Oh, shit. Beth. Right? Isn't that awful? Shut up. Mind you, he, she got shot in the car, so they're covered in blood. Yeah. Shut up. Isn't that awful? Oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, that baby. So Fred and Sarah's family both are notified the next day, but like shortly after midnight. So it was 10 o'clock when they got back and they're found within or their families notified within two hours of the murder. So did, did they ever find any of the kids ever find someone? That's, yeah. yeah so and the kids, I guess the kids found someone and said, hey, like someone oh. killed my mom and mm-hmm. the cops came. Three weeks after the murder, Eddie's arrested for writing bad checks. They didn't know who did it at this point. Mm-hmm. Eddie's arrested for writing bad checks. And while he denies being involved, multiple people come forward. And they're like, Eddie was trying to find a hitman. Like, Eddie was trying to find someone to kill someone. So he did it. He had something to do with it. A week after Eddie gets involved or Eddie gets arrested, Curtis's sister, her boyfriend. Curtis comes, is the murderer. Curtis is the murderer. His sister's boyfriend. Her sister, his sister's boyfriend comes forward uh-huh. to police and is like, hey, Eddie offered me $5,000 to kill Sarah. And I said, no, I ain't doing that. But Curtis, my girlfriend's brother, was like, hey, yeah, man, I'll do it. So he straight up is like, Ooh. tells on him. Also, why he'd offer more than $5,000 because then people would be like, <laughs> I won't tell anyone if you give me the money. You know? Right? <laughs> yeah. So Curtis gets arrested two days after that, or two days before Christmas. I'm sorry. He was hiding underneath the bed, cowering in his cousin's house. What a fucking coward. Right? I'm so pissed. How but, dare you do that in front of babies? First of all, how dare you do that? Second of all, how dare you do that in front of babies? Somebody's babies. Rude. But he admits to the murder. He straight up is like, yeah, I did it. This is what happened. Gives him all the details. All the deets. All the deets. Including a failed first attempt. When was the failed first attempt? So before Sarah and the boys went down, mm-hmm. Curtis says that Eddie told him that Sarah and the boys would be home alone. And Eddie and Curtis both go into the house. They go through the door with the broken lock, but the dog starts barking, barking, barking. They start barking. They start barking. The dog starts barking and a light gets turned on and they freak out and they leave. What a scum. Right. At this point, Fred and the two boys are in Florida visiting Sarah's family. Mm. Fred leaves the boys with the family and goes and gets a hotel room and he attempts to kill himself. Fred? Fred. The dad. The dad. The douchebag. Yeah. He takes pills and mixes it with alcohol and tries to kill himself. Mm -mm. He writes a suicide note that basically says that he had nothing to do with the murder. It's right there if anyone wants to read it. Maybe I'll post it on Facebook later. Okay. Um, But says, like, I don't have anything to do with that. And the murder or the media is just making me into this horrible person. And I'm not. (laughs) But, sir, you are. (laughs) Yes, but, sir, you are. But he's found before he dies. He's unconscious but alive. And he gets better. His lawyer and him claim that Curtis is a drug addict and he has a history of mental problems. And so he basically made up this story and was only admitting it to it because that's what the police want to hear. Like, basically, they told him what to say. Huh. And Fred, before he gets arrested, eventually sells the house. He moves to West Palm Beach 
and he leaves <sighs> the boys with Sarah's family. As he should. Which, As he should. Which I will say, he moved in with his mother. Good. <laughs> so, but. But uh, he should not have the boys. Right? He shouldn't. But don't worry, he didn't. He Good. left them, got rid of them. Good. Whatever. So, the inmate that Fred visited in jail mm-hmm. was a man named William Humphreys. Wilbert Humphreys. He's in jail for money laundering. <laughs> um, he says that he was surprised when Fred showed up to visit him because it was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So why would Fred be here? Right. Um, he has to sign some paperwork for Fred, but he tries to talk to him about his case. And Fred seems preoccupied. Like, I don't have time for this. And the meeting lasts 10 minutes. So you're telling He just had to be out of town. Right. He's coming up with a, a what? Right. So you drove all the way here Allies. for 10 minutes. What a twat. Remember the safe and the documents that were in it? <gasps> yes. Okay. Tell me. Tell so me Sarah, more. Tell me more. So Sarah gave those um, copies <gasps> to her cousin. Yes. And her cousin made copies of them and then gave them to the police the following Monday after the murder. And? In the paperwork, it shows that there are offshore bank accounts in the Bahamas. So basically Fred's money laundering and here's proof. So December 23rd, 1992... Curtis and Eddie, so Curtis actually did it, and Eddie's the one that hired Curtis, Mm -hmm. were officially charged with murder. And that same day, Fred is officially named a suspect in the murder. As he should. Right. Uh But he does not get indicted until August 25th, 1993, which I totally get because you got to get, like, all your ducks in a row. Right. So June 17th, 1994, Eddie pleads guilty to the murder of Sarah. March 8th, 1997... Fred is convicted of the murder. Wait, what's 2003? Four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a long time. Mm-hmm. But he gets convicted of the murder and is given life in prison. And I tried to find other things about Curtis or Eddie or any of them. And without getting a subscription to the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which I'm Don't not about to pay that? for. Yes. Rude. Fred dies at the age of 67 in a federal prison in Pennsylvania. How? Uh, it didn't say. But he's dead now. What yeah. a twat. Right. Um, that was a really good one. It was really sad. It is really sad. I and don't like when they stole kids. your murder for hire. Sorry. Oh, well, I didn't do a serial killer. But they would have been, mine would have been serial killers if they had not been caught because they're little scrubs. Yeah. Um, But don't do a crime in front of, well, A, don't do a crime. Um, Don't, don't do a crime people. in front of children. Yeah. Bitches. So that was very good. And don't beat women. Don't beat women. <laughs> but what you should do is give us a comment on iTunes, a review on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Yes. Um, subscribe yes. wherever you get your podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Rates, reviews, whatever you want to do. Share our podcast. And if you really want to, go to www.patreon.com slash just another murder cast and and you know we can be just friends we can be friend zone uh-huh we can be married if we want to we can be happily married we can be, we can be friends with benefits oh yeah Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever you want we will be happy yep um so thank you all for coming to join us today um i can't wait to edit these the rest of the night super long podcast it's all right because I go. I'll cut out like half mine. No. Um, but that I I loved your case. 
I was really excited about my case. Thank you all for coming. Um, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, you can always put in information on the Patreon. Remember, ask questions on there, and we will answer whatever. So, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Love you. Hands in. Yeah. Jordan? One, two, three. Jam! Jam. <laughs> Jam.